Hello, folks. Welcome once again to another edition of Volunteer Spotlight. Who's behind that voice? This is the program where we get to know the volunteers behind the voices that you hear on Radio Talking Book. Today, we're with the gentleman that reads Tech It Out for us uh, about three weeks out of every month. Ron Supernot. Ron, welcome to the show. Well, thank you very much, Ron. It's great to be here. So, Ron, the, the first question I always ask is just tell us about your background. Where were you born and raised and how did you wind up here in Omaha? Well, it's actually a long and winding road. Uh, I was born in Los Angeles, and as a young boy, um, my family decided that because of my severe asthma, my father was adamant that, no, we need to move north, well, you know, away from all of that exhaust of the cars yep. in Los Angeles. And so we moved to Northern California in a tiny little town called Oroville. Uh, my father worked for the state of California as an electrician underneath the Oroville Dam, and we uh, had a great time growing up there. It's uh, in the foothills of the Sierra Nevada. Absolutely gorgeous. Great fishing, great hunting, great uh, opportunities to hike and camp and uh, just be a boy. Um, and then after I graduated high school, I joined the Air Force and spent the better part of my time enlisted in Spain, in Torrejon, Spain. And upon... Um, leaving Spain, I went right back to college and uh, decided for sure that I, I wanted to be a lawyer. Of course, that didn't happen. <laughs> and it, the best laid plans, right? Right, right. Um, so at any rate, I, I thought English would be a very good background for such an endeavor. So I, I got a degree in English and then realized I had so many student loan debts that uh, I needed to get to work. So the quickest way to get employed with you know, a degree in liberal arts is to teach. So I um, got my teaching degree and, and uh, was hired in 1985 as my first gig as a teacher. And I thought, well, I'll just do this for, you know, three or four years, pay off my loans, and then I'll go to law school. Well, that didn't really work out that way. I um, was hired in Susanville, California, little tiny town on the eastern slope of the Sierras, uh, snow country, back country. They actually have snow in California, huh? Well, they did then, right? <laughs> we, yeah, it we, shows how little I know about the geography of it. it. Yeah. Well, that part of it definitely had a lot of snow, and it was just beautiful. Um, and the day that I was hired, my soon-to-be wife was also hired there. Um, we met during interviews at uh, Lassen High School, and um, we were married there and. uh Worked there for 10 years, both as English teachers, had a son, you know, bought a house, bought cars, the whole thing, and then decided after 10 years of that that we really wanted to go back to school and get advanced degrees. So we sold our home and moved to Nevada and uh, started up, um, our master's in uh, English. Both of us attained those, and then at the end of that time, she was offered um, an opportunity to be a graduate teaching assistant um, in the University of Oregon to work on her PhD in theater. So we moved to Eugene, Oregon, um, with our son. And um, while she was working on that, I was, you know, coaching peewee soccer and student, uh, not student teaching, but um, substitute teaching and, you know, staying occupied with reading and goofing off. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> At the end of her um, time in University of Oregon, she was offered a, a tenure-track position in theater at UNO, um, and those were very hard to come by at the time, and we, you know, we didn't really want to leave the West, but 
It's very important for a professor to have a tenure track position. Otherwise, you're really spinning your wheels. So we moved to Omaha. And in 2000, this became our home. And you've been here for 22 years, huh? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Wow. And um, yeah, I, I went back into teaching after coming back here. I uh, worked in um, Bellevue for a few years, as Bellevue East, and then was hired by Creighton Prep in 2005. And I finished my career there in 2020. We'll talk about teaching in just a moment, but I want to go back to Spain for a moment. You said you you spent time in the Air Force and you went to Spain. I'm always fascinated to hear stories about other countries. Tell me about what life was like in Spain for you. Well, it's it's interesting um, in that I, I, I was in Spain, but I was also in the United States Air Force. So most of my time was on the military base. Um, I was a construction equipment operator, um, you know, bulldozers, cranes, backhoes. Building roads was one of our primary responsibilities. Um, And, but we did get lots of opportunities to go see the sites and to see other countries as well. So, you know, for an 18, 19, 20 year old, that's what I was when I was there. That was just a fantastic experience. Um, Something I'll never forget. And I'm incredibly grateful for what was it like being an English teacher for you? Well, it varied depending on where I worked. I, I taught in several different high schools, and um, it, I would have to say the last 15 years that I spent at Creighton Prep were easily the best uh, of all of my 30-odd years of teaching. Um, but it's, a, it's an interesting job. I, I taught English you know, to sophomores, you know, literature and, and poetry and writing and those kinds of things. But I also taught college composition at Creighton Prep, and I loved that so much. It was a, a fantastic opportunity to work with the older ones. Um, they got dual credit through Nebraska Wesleyan for freshman college English credit. So they were really willing participants, and it was the most gratifying experience I've ever had as a teacher. Those were 15 amazing years. You know, I have to tell you, Ron, and I say this to every teacher that does these interviews, you're part of a long and proud tradition here at Radio Talking Book. We get a lot of great teachers, retired most of them, uh, that come read for us. And <clears throat> we love the teachers because their their placement of words is so good. Their diction is good. Uh, their presentation is just excellent, and you are no exception. Well, so, thank you. Let me ask you this, and, and, and this is a kind of a little pet passion of mine. What is a common mistake you see people making with the English language that they don't know that they're making? Well, I, I think probably one of the most obvious is their, their lack of correct pronunciation. And it's not really a pet peeve, but it is something that I do notice. It's hard to overlook. Um, yeah, but again, when we're speaking in a manner e- even such as this, uh-huh. it's more just, you know, friends. Right. And as long as we get our ideas across, um, that's really all that matters. How about writing? Well, that's where I have many pet peeves. <laughs> <laughs> that writing should be correct. <clears throat> it should be accurate. It should be interesting. It should accomplish whatever it is that it's setting out to do. Um, and it, it's the kind of thing that I, we really don't teach enough of it in this country. It, it is an absolute miracle that I ever got to ha- have composition experience. It's a very hard position to, 
to acquire the people who get composition jobs don't give them up, and I don't blame them. I didn't either. But it is the kind of thing where you're working one-on-one with students just on their writing, and you don't have any other responsibilities but to improve their prose. And you can do fantastic amounts of good when you're in a situation like that. Do you ever look at professional writing that is writing in in newspapers, magazines, professional internet sites, and think to yourself, what in God's name is this? Sometimes. Typically, that's that's mostly on the internet. There's a lot of um, text on the internet that, as as you know, is very flawed, very inaccurate, very Mm -hmm. disinteresting, um, just trite and empty, vacuous kind of writing. Do you think the internet has kind of poison the well, as it were, in terms of language learning? That That's hard to say. Or writing but, learning, I should say. You know, one thing that that I think, maybe it's not so much the internet, but it's, it's definitely um, advanced communications has definitely affected young people. They're spending such a vast amount of time on their phones. Um, they're disassociated from other people. Um, and it it's becoming a, a serious issue throughout our country, yeah. both in its discourse and in the inability of people to concentrate for any length of time. Yeah. Well, you mentioned that you retired in 2020. What have you been doing since? Enjoying myself. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's. Uh, what it, does that entail? Well, it entails taking naps whenever I want one, sleeping as late as oh, I'd like. Must be nice. Staying up as late as I like. <laughs> Um, not having to grade pounds of essays every single week, even though I did love doing that. I am glad that I don't have to do that anymore. Um, and I, it's nice when the weather's good to, to just get outside and spend the day in the sunshine, ride my bike, walk the Keystone Trail, go to the Arboretum, go to the zoo, you know, just goof off. Ron, you mentioned Uh, Your wife and your son, are there any other family members you want to mention? Well, um, those are are the two that um, most come to mind. My my parents, um, my father has passed away, and and my mom and her husband live in Florida. We don't get to see them very often. Thankfully, we get to go next month during Tammy's spring break. So that'll be nice. So Tammy's still teaching? She is. She's a Spanish teacher. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Do you have any pets? Well, we did. Our our 20-year-old cat passed away oh. last year. Oh, man. That's Poor a heartbreaker. Marble. Yeah, it was very hard to say goodbye to him. What was his name? Marble. Marble. I think she named him that because his eyes looked like two right. sky blue marbles. Right. There is never an easy way to do that when you become a pet owner. It's just a, it's a given. But, it is. And it is so worth it. It really is. The, the love that they offer is yeah. unconditional Absolutely. and priceless. Yep. What are your hobbies, Ron? What flips your switch when you're, when you're not grading essays or, or such? Well, I, I obviously love to read. Being an English teacher, that's always something that I love doing. There's so much great things to, to you know, just delve into. I just love falling into a book. But that's mostly in the wintertime. When the weather's good, I want to be outside. I, I like to be out in nature. I like to be out in the sun. Um, I like to get a lot of exercise. And um, it, in the summer times, we're, we're able to go for an entire month, six weeks to the Oregon coast every year. And that is so much fun. What other places do you like to bike? Have you ever done any, like, do you do ragbri? 
No, I, I don't. I, I, I'm not in shape for that anymore. I'm, I'm in my 60s, which is not an excuse because there are people in their <laughs> 80s that still do RAGBRAI. Um, they're hardcore. I just enjoy it as, as a pastime. Um, but I used to. I used to have a, a, a road bike, and um, uh, my friends and I were hoping that our parents would let us um, in, 17, in 1976 that we could go on the bicentennial ride across the United States. But I was 15 years old, and my parents said, absolutely not. Ah, uh, so, joy killers. Yeah, well, they thought they were doing right. Sure. What do you like to read? Well, I, I, I just finished rereading all of Franz Kafka's work. Um, Holy cow, what an undertaking that must be. Yeah, been. absolutely. Um, and I, I'm a total sucker for anything that Cormac McCarthy has written, and he just had a piece that came out in October that I haven't purchased yet. I, I own all of his material, and I'm waiting for the paperback of this one to come out. But um, I absolutely love his writing as well. So, Ron, what brought you to Radio Talking Book? You know, we saw an article in the Omaha World Herald about six years ago. My, my wife and I, Tammy and I, both thought, you know, that would be a fun thing to do in the summer times. We could go read magazines and um, you know, record for, for, uh, for anyone who wanted to hear it. And we fell in love with it. We, I did the newspaper a couple of times live with Bob. Um, she she did uh, grocery ads, and we did magazine articles, and we did the uh, TV schedule, and it was just a kick. I just thought when I retired, I was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna see if I can't do this lo- a lot more. So as soon as I retired in 2020, I I uh, w- was in, and we love having you for our Tech It Out program. Oh, that thank is, you. it's a you you are a perfect reader for that because you're you're measured, you're precise in your delivery. Tech, a lot of it's over my head, but listening to you, I always absorb what you're reading, and I know our listeners love it too. Well, I have to thank you guys for for giving me a subscription to Wired Magazine. I absolutely (laughs) love it. Well, Ron, our time has flown by because time flies when you're having fun. Let me ask you our last question. If there's one message you could give to our listeners, what would it be? Well, I, I would suggest just love each other as much as you can. Be kind to one another and and love each other as much as you can. The world needs more of that. Great. So true, man. So true. Great final words. Ron Supernant, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, Ryan. It was nice to be here. It's been a pleasure getting to know you better, and this is Ryan O for Who's Behind That Voice, Volunteer Spotlight. Thanks so much for listening today, and please stay tuned for our next program. Be well, folks. Bye-bye.